1: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
0: this is the sports radio 610 outdoor show with captain mickey eastman captain mickey has been guiding the texas gulf coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments now here's your host captain mickey
2: Good morning, welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. Final hour. Man, hour number three already. It's gone by fast this morning. All right, uh, it's 6.05 here in the Bayou City, and uh, I'm Captain Mickey Eastman, producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jace, and let's get started off this next hour with Robert Cervello, Captain Robert Cervello in Port Isabel. Robert, what's up, man?
3: Morning from God's country.
2: Yes, sir. What's going on down yonder?
3: Oh, my favorite time of the year, actually. Right. A few degrees cooler. Uh, Not as much wind. A little easier for me to put people on fish that don't, you know, fish once a year, twice a year. Right.
2: Yeah, y'all get a lot of tourists down there, don't you? Uh, Yeah, all tourists. Mm Mm-hmm. Not many locals uh, book you, do they?
3: No, I mean, there's some that book some guides, the Spanish guides, you know. A lot Mm. of them don't speak English, so, you know, they want somebody they can communicate with. But Right. um, But, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that we don't have that surf stuff down here for some reason. We don't do that with trout down here, so, I mean, our beach... I know y'all, y'all's beachfront's usually good on a, when you get it out of the north, um, mm-hmm. but the north blows right into ours. But we don't, we just don't catch trout down here in the surf. Which I mean, <laughs> it's bad enough to kill enough of them down here with Kroger, so yeah,
2: <laughs> at least
3: we get, at least we get around
2: that. Right. Yeah, you never hear much about uh, wading the beachfront down your way and people catching trout. Now I know you know, across the channel over there into, you know, the what is that, the Boca Chica side and, uh, you know, the Mexican side, there's a lot of good trout fishing. I remember I used to have a lot of customers that fish with me. They'd book, book old Raymond Five Ash and go down there and fish the fourth, fifth, and sixth pass, and they had to nuke them. Yeah, where the river or whatever comes out. Yeah, I, wherever, you know, I've never been down there. But uh, he used to have this big marsh buggy they called a the machine, and he'd take them down the beach, and everybody would wade fish the surf and just tear them up, man. Trout and redfish. Kind of, kind of strange. That yeah. don't happen here. Yeah, he had a lodge down there and all that. Yeah. And now fishing
3: good down here right now. Just about anything you want to do. Y'all were talking about moving wildlife. Right? Friend of mine, we, they we were playing. We were on seventeen over here, and he's javelinas. He's chasing them with his golf cart down the fairway. <laughs> they they've left some uh, some corridors, what they call wildlife corridors, down here. And it, it's a populated area down here at the golf course where I live. Um, and they run these, or all the wildlife does. I mean, I get coyotes right behind my house. It's just a small strip of woods, you know. They call them little corridors or whatever. And I, my dogs were carrying on, going back and forth the other day, running down the fence line. I look out there, and it's those same two, Abellinas. <laughs> They're running back and forth with the dogs, right? <laughs> playing with the dogs.
2: Well, they'll they'll butcher a dog.
3: <laughs> oh, they would eat my damn chihuahua. I got chihuahuas.
2: Oh yeah, that would have been a snack. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> then I had a friend send me a picture uh, out of his backyard. He, I mean, they were there for a long time. He filmed them with his phone. Uh, Mama bobcat and a cub just rolling around in his backyard, playing. Dang. Yeah, we're we're taking up all their territory
2: over here. Yeah. Building homes. Uh, Everything's moving my way to the bay side of Trice Beach Road from all that development out there. It's crazy. The animals are running running out of habitat.
3: Yeah. I haven't been down your road in a long time. I mean I used to all the time go out of what was it down the road there? Was that Wheels or what bait
2: camp was that? Uh the one on the bayou.
3: Down at the end of the road there from Yeah, where the
2: old drawbridge used to be. That was Wheels, yeah.
3: Yeah. I can remember going out of there when I was
2: young. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wheels bait camp. Yeah. I ran out of there for years after they closed Crawley's down. Yeah. They, well, they closed it down and made it a membership. And me and Blaine and Gene Campbell and all of us, we bought our memberships like everybody else and ran our trips out of there. Well, all the other members were complaining, said it wasn't fair to them that guides get to buy a membership for the same price and they run every day. So, uh, that was the end of that bird nest on the ground. That was right next door to my house, so I had to move down the road three miles. <laughs> really? It turned so, out I liked it better at Wills anyway. Yeah. I can remember, I can remember we,
3: we blew a motor up somewhere down the shoreline there and had to walk through somebody's backyard there somewhere close to your house and... Get your ride back to the boat ramp, <laughs> get the trailer, and figure something out. I think we pulled it out somewhere over there. I don't remember where.
2: Probably around Bay Ridge or somewhere. A lot yeah. of people used to pull up at Bay Ridge and where that little subdivision was, and then they would get a ride to to the Bay Camp to get help. Yeah.
3: But, yeah, it's, I mean, business is slowing down a little bit. I got some charters, but uh, it's been a long, hot summer.
2: Yes. And it's still hot. Yeah. I'm I'm running out of sweat, I think. Yeah, those dove hunters burning up in the afternoons down there in South Texas right now. Yeah. Then I had, I don't know what the heck was going on with my
3: motor the other day. I ran fine on the way out. I get up to go somewhere, make a move, and heat alarm goes off. The motor's not really hot. I don't know. I shut it off. Try to go again. goes off again. I do that a couple times. I finally get mad and I just floor it. And I hadn't ran my boat hard in a long time because it's an old motor. I ran up about 5,500. It went off one more time and I shut it off. And I took off again. Ran it forty five hundred all the way in and never went off again. I don't know what the heck. Maybe I blew something through there or something. I don't know. Maybe the computer got hot or something. Had a restriction or something because com- computer weird. and the computer and the uh, fuel pump is water cooled.
2: Really? So the fuel pump's water cooled too.
3: Yeah. 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 The fuel pump's in a like a housing thing, and water right. goes in it, cools it. Um I called my guy in Houston Lord Stone's son. He said, check the restriction you know, on the computer and the fuel pump. I did that when I got in and it has got water. I mean, it's flowing water through the hoses. I don't know.
2: Remember yeah, that uh, the old Evan Roods back in the day had those, uh, water cooled, uh, voltage regulators, you know, on the block right there behind the flywheel and between the two heads. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I caught on fire and almost burnt to the ground one time. That thing malfunctioned, and it caught all, everything oh, really? on fire under that cowling. Oh, man. And I was Were you telling my water? customers, I said, hand me that fire extinguisher on the side of the console there, and I looked up front, and they're all walking the plank on the bow of the boat. <laughs> I said, anyway, I sprayed that fire extinguisher on it. It wouldn't go out, and I said, oh, man, it's still hooked up to the battery. So, uh... Uh-huh. I unhooked one of the cables to the starting battery and finally got it to go out. We were dead in the water. There wasn't any wiring left under that cowling. It was done. What a mess. (laughs) Uh, Evan Evinrude just sent me a whole new engine. Instead of, uh, you know, rewiring it and putting all new harnesses and redoing everything under the cowling, they sent a whole brand-new engine. No charge. That was pretty cool, I thought. That's pretty sweet.
3: I still can't believe Evanrud went out of business.
2: I can't either, man. Johnson Rood, rude, Johnny rude has been I around mean, since the beginning of time.
3: No kidding. I mean, I mean, I got the G one two hundred and fifty HO, and it's been great for me. I've been running it since 2013. Hey, I ran their
2: engines during uh, the tournaments uh, for years, and and I never had a bit of trouble with them. They were they were good motors for me anyway. They,
3: they had to come out with that G two, and it
2: buried them. Yep, it did. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Remember, they they did all that when they retooled the time before, and that's when Blaine and I were on their pro staff. and We went through all those problems with those new engines, you know, and just
3: well. That was when they had them at a hundred to one. They were they were burning up power heads, and they, they yeah. Went remember, back they had all that
2: VRO variable ratio oiling and all that. It was just uh, oh yeah. We had big a couple setback. of those motors
3: weren't good, but the G one's are no. good motors.
2: Yeah. I liked mine, but I done got spoiled now. I've been running the Honda for a long time. I've been running them Hondas. They are sweet. They are really nice. I know you can't go wrong with Honda anything. Well, yeah. I mean, that's how I cut my teeth. Started out my first motorcycle was a Honda, you know, when I was a kid. Mini Trail 70. Remember those? (laughs) Yeah. All right, Robert, I got to roll, buddy. It's break time. Okay, They're in the big city, if somebody wants to call you about coming down to Port Isabel and fishing with you, how they get a hold of you, brother?
3: Uh, nine five six four
2: three three thirteen eighty nine. All right, man. Well, Robert, have a Fox. good Sunday. Good talking to All you. Right. Okay, thanks. All right, later. All right, that's Captain Robert Cervello down in Port Isabel. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Onyx PFDs. You know, folks, approximately, you know, 70% of all fatal boating accident victims drown. And out of that 70%, 87% of them were not even wearing a personal flotation device. A PFD, it's like wearing a seatbelt. It's the biggest safety feature that's proven to save your life. The Onyx AM24, it's the one I wear, and it's very comfortable. What I like about it is convertible from automatic to manual or manual only inflation. It has a low profile design and it really keeps you comfortable in this hot weather. Has a soft neoprene neckline, it won't rub you raw when you're moving from spot to spot in rough water. It has a durable rip, rip stop fabric that resists tears and punctures, and inflatable PFDs are not recommended for children and non-swimmers, but Onyx has a complete lineup of flotation devices to fit every situation. For more information, visit onyxoutdoors.com or you can check them out at Academy Sports and Outdoors. I wear Onyx PFDs. You should too. Okay,
1: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better
5: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports
1: Radio 610 presents...
2: Good morning welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. All right, we're going to open phone lines up after we talk to Blaine Fryermood down in south texas so give us a call 713-572-4610 at 713-572-4610 especially if uh you got any first-hand information on that red tide all i'm seeing is pictures so far and uh i haven't been down there myself to see it I really don't want to anyway well let's go to blaine fryer mood in south texas mood what's up man
4: hello mickey how are hello you hello
2: Dale. Well, things are looking
4: up. Things are looking up here.
2: I bet the weather's real nice down there. One oh
4: seven yesterday.
2: Golly, I bet those dove hunters are burning up, man.
4: <laughs> we have been on a roller coaster ride, man. Just to let keep people up on what's going on. We uh, we had that tropical storm come through here. What you know, in the middle of, I guess it was. Uh, August, whenever it came through. Mm -hmm. We had the most does we've had in many, many years. And that tropical storm came through our zone down here in deep south. And it four and a half inches of rain and 50-mile-an-hour winds. And we lost all those birds. So anyway, and we've been slowly but surely building them back. And last Thursday, we started the season, and it was fantastic. Just lots of young juvenile morning does and a few white wings here at the main camp. Had a really good shoot on Thursday and a a real decent shoot on Friday. And Friday night, we had a storm come through here that was a barn burner, the most lightning we've ever had in 40 years, 50-mile-an-hour winds, and we got about three-and-a-half to four inches of rain here.
0: Right. And we
4: lost our power for 13 hours, so this happened at 1130 at night. so All these trailer houses without power, without water, oh, man. All these guys, these older guys with breathing machines, they they, they did not like it. We actually lost oh, customers.
2: Oh, CPAPs. Everybody's on a CPAP yep.
4: nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, so all of Saturday, we finally got our power back at noon, got some lunch cooked up and all that. We hunted, no movement, zero doves. And we said, well, they're gone again. But finally on Sunday, they started moving again. And Monday I had another group come in and, they uh they did real well we we uh did good here at the house on juvenile morning does and then i took them the next day to the mesa one and we whacked the white wings we didn't even know they were there but they it was great yeah so anyway this next group came in these are some people that have been listening to your show for as long as you've been on it they're they're from new bronzeville a matt newcomb family anyway yeah we went over to mesa one yesterday to shoot white wings and there was not one white wing on that ranch you know, that's only seven miles away, but it's a different terrain over Flip there. Cliff Webb said rocky. the same
2: thing. They had millions of wild wings, they just vanished.
4: And, Mickey, how, how can they be there on Monday? And we haven't had any weather other than heat and no more wind, no more rain, and then they were gone four days later, five days later. But we did good on morning doves yesterday. We had 11 people over there, and they killed 150 doves for 11 people. So that's that's almost a limit. So. It was not that bad, so you know we'll see what happens today. But uh, we've had some people that did some javelina hunting while they're here. They got their javelinas, of course, millions of them. Killed a few rattlesnakes. Killed a giant five and a half, six footer yesterday morning. Goodness. So, same old stuff on that, but it is definite roller coaster ride on the does for me. And we've only been hunting for a week since last Thursday, so. I don't know how the season's going to pan out, but we're going to be here. Well, it just depends tomorrow. on where
2: you're at. Some people are saying they've never seen anything like it. It's the most unbelievable dove season
4: they've ever had. Yeah, those got those people have our doves that we had nesting here in in August. I mean, we had well,
2: and they're just they're just uh, kind of southeast of you, you know, towards Mansfield. Yeah, and, yeah, and well, Alice that had to that be where
4: our doves went to. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was a. Uh, we were yeah, but y'all are still having that. good shoots. People are shooting. Oh yeah, wings, yeah. But, we're having good yeah. shoots, but men but
2: we wanted that, to
4: get our yeah, licks in on that the Venezuela white wings.
2: Venezuela, or Argentina. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we want to get our licks in on the white wings early because late in the season we never have them. So mm-hmm. you know that's why we like to get them in. But anyway, that's just the way things are going here. And man, everything else looks great. The, the quail crop is unbelievable because all the rain we've had. Believe it or right. not, here at our ranch, Mickey, we've had. Probably 10 inches of rain this summer when we haven't even had a drop in Baytown, Texas. So, you know, it's it's been pretty good down here. It's green and plush, and the grass is three foot tall. Everything's just as green as it can be. It's perfect, and the insects are terrible. We even have mosquitoes right now that we have never have. So, I mean, it's just once in a blue moon do we have mosquitoes down here. Man, uh, I'm
2: telling you because I've been coming down there as long as you've had that place, and I've never been bit by a
4: mosquito in South Texas. I know. I know, so it's just it's <laughs> crazy. It's, it's, it is it's just it's just the way things are, and you know, like we do, making our living off Mother Nature. You just never know. You got to take it as she gives it to you. That's all oh, we can yeah. do. But we got everything under control except one hundred and seven degrees. Is hard for us to cool these trailer houses down in the afternoon. it just
2: oh, these, these things
4: are designed to. You can get them down to about eighty-two. And people just they just think that's hot. Just walk outside if you think 82 is hot. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, we're uh, we're having a good time. We got good customers this year. Texas Parks and Wildlife gave a good survey early in the summer of how the the numbers of doves were up, and they are big time. And so a lot of people booked trips this year for dove hunts, So that was very good for us. Yeah. Well, that's but uh, I good. can't wait for. for I can't wait for quail season and for deer season to get here. I, I've been seeing some deer just driving around like I do every day, and I've been seeing some deer that are actually getting me pretty excited. You know, <laughs> it's just like, whoa, that's, <laughs> that looks like a really big deer. You know, and I'm not talking like a 150, I'm talking like, you know, 170 class deer. Wow. So, yeah, for coach. us, that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, but, well, you
2: still you, having you trouble know, with you. even though you hadn't had a lot of rain, you've had <laughs> rain down there at the right times all year long. Well actually oh, yeah. y'all have ended up getting more rain down there than we have up here.
4: And that's Absolutely. very unusual. Well, we got we had a four and a half inch rain with that tropical storm that came through, and then we had three and a half here at the camp the Friday night, and we had one or two little showers before then. So I mean it's green. It's green and plush. You house. can't ask for anything better. Boy, them quail are loving that. I bet you got some insects. Oh, it's it's un, it's insane. But that there's so many grasshoppers as you walk through the grass, there's just thousands of grasshoppers, and that's how those quail make their living this time of year.
2: Grasshoppers but, make them taste better.
4: Wow. I'm never. We've been down here forty years. I've never seen it so hot. So you know, we no. had just a whole bunch of over a hundred and ten degree days down here. Yes, this is unbelievable. So, and it's still going on. 107 yesterday, come on. It's the end of September. What is going well, on? It's This
2: is the second day of fall, but it doesn't feel like it. No. <laughs> Welcome to Texas. No. Yeah. <laughs> and no I noticed um, it's good that you, I've got a phone signal with you. We've been having a lot of problems. I haven't been able to talk to you for weeks because of the, uh, I guess, because of the border crisis. They're shutting the cell towers that, down. Is that well, what's happening?
4: Yeah, we, we think you know because a lot of times our phones are fine but when there's just like the national guard came through hard a couple of days ago because coming down to, to support everything's going on at the border right now and mm-hmm. we lost complete service we we're blacked out <clears throat> and i think that when uh when the when the the law enforcement has something critical going on they can shut the towers down it's not for us for the good guys it's for the bad guys yeah, they're trying so to keep them from communicating the yeah yeah and uh I was, I, I didn't have any signal a few days ago and I was driving through the ranch and there's three border patrol patrol trucks out in the middle of the ranch back here on the South end of our property. And I said, wow, it scared the heck out of me because we didn't know there was that much yeah. going on. We haven't seen that much activity here. And I pulled up to him and they said, I said, what's going on? He said, man, we got 13 of them right here. And I said, where's the helicopter at? And they go, man, the helicopter's busy. I said, uh, he said, we got to hoof it. And it's so hot. I don't know how these people are traveling across these ranches. I I could not do it. Physically, there's no way I could make it across our ranch. Well, they had to rescue
2: about 100 of them yesterday that were uh, coming across the river, and the boats were deterring them to make them stay on the Mexico side. But they were so overwhelmed by the heat. Now, they talked about a lot of women and children in in that little pack of them. But all the videos I'm seeing, they're all, you know, male immigrants from 18 to 25-year-olds, you know, that – you, you don't even know what to believe anymore, but all, you know, the, our government and certain media sources tell you that there's nothing to worry about down there. They got it under control, but then others, well, I guess don't believe your lying eyes, I guess.
4: Well, I've been here 40 years on this ranch since 1983 and we've always seen them come through, but not that many in the past three years, it's been the worst we've ever seen. But the problem is, is the drug cartel or the coyotes that, that's, help these people get across the border, they guide them across the border. They're bringing them through, even under these terrible conditions we've had this summer, and w- what's happening to all those people, we don't yeah, know. How I many mean,
2: dead people there, are out there in the middle of the wilderness?
4: There, I don't know. Uh, it's just it, we don't even want to go look at, you know, you see buzzers everywhere, we don't even want to go look. It's, it's too yeah, right. anybody? you know. It's, you know well, I mean, that's gross I mean, to think say. About it. I don't don't there's no way
2: I'd want to walk from one side of your ranch, just the main ranch from that side to the other without any water? I mean, how do they do yeah. it?
4: I don't know. And the grass burrs, it's three foot deep with the grass burrs. You can imagine what their blue jeans or clothes they have on, what the, how many grass burrs they have yeah. on them, not to mention the rattlesnakes and everything else. But, you know, these people don't know, especially the ones coming from other countries, they don't know. That all they do is they got somebody to guide them across, and they pay this guy money. And then he just gets them over the border and says, that's Houston, that way right there. And then he turns around and walks back to Mexico, and those people are on their own. And there's just – it's what a feeling to have if you're left alone out here in the middle of this, any of these ranches down here. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's got to be a terrible feeling. All this
2: stuff that's going on, it's got to be stopped. It's just – Well, it's just – It's just ridiculous.
4: Well, we just – we're we just we're we're here and they don't bother us. It's just when they do walk through on a deer hunt that the, the oh, people yeah, bother yeah, our you deer. Yeah, you know? that hunt's over with. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, they're just trying to get into a better place, and I don't blame them one bit. But that's not the way we need to handle it. I don't think that's well, just my personal opinion. You know? if I, so.
2: I've been in this country a long <laughs> time, I wouldn't call it much better than what they're leaving. <laughs> or The direction we're going, I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
4: What You said something about a red tide. What's going on with
2: that? Yeah, there's uh, there's some red tide floating around. And Where? Getting a on lot the beach? Of, uh, yeah, on the beach. Uh, I'll send you some pictures. You're not going to believe it. It's pretty nasty. Uh-oh. And, I, you boy. know, I was just scrolling around on Facebook. yesterday, she was watching football games and killing time. And yeah. I noticed Tips Bait Camp down there at Sardinette. They had to shut down. The stench is so bad. They can't even close down.
4: Are, are you having fish kills?
2: Oh, yeah. I'll send you the photos. I'll text Shad, them.
4: Scad, mullet, stuff like that. Yeah,
2: Everything. Well, <laughs> It'd be nice if it was just bait fish, but, I mean, there's tons of trout yeah. and snook and stingrays and sharks and all, everything. Everything is oh, in the water. Cool. Crab. Well, I can
4: tell you just from my little report from Trinity Bay from what I had all this past this, the past month when I was fishing, it's very slow. For us to catch keeper fish, but lots of juvenile trout and lots of bull reds still. But uh our fishing just not at the par and I blame it on the water temperature more than anything else why I can't catch keeper fish. They may or may not be there, I don't know. Everybody's complaining about the same thing. But well, uh it's just you know, get,
2: we're, we're just in that in between thing now. We gotta let these little fish grow up. And yeah, uh, oh yeah. We've we've been fortunate the last couple of years we've had good salinity. Levels and uh, we've got off some good spawns, and we're just gonna have to wait for these yep. fish to grow up, become keepers. We really have me, a lot of juveniles. Because I don't keep them anymore anyway. Little ones, big yeah. ones, I throw them all back, so it don't matter right. to me. Fishing, right. I just go fishing. Hell
4: with it. Yep, it's fun to catch them, but uh, yeah, it is. everywhere you stop, book. you can catch a juvenile trout, Mickey, everywhere. Yeah, so I hope that's that way all over the whole ba- our basis and the Galveston just, bases. Uh, we gotta,
2: I hope it's that way. We gotta work. give it time. Yeah, gotta get We've just bit. never been through this kind of a a stage of events in our lifetime and we're just gonna have to wait it out. Yep. Hopefully I can well, have to see uh, it come back. <laughs>
4: we gotta survive on redfish. I wish everybody would target these redfish that we have. It's the most bull reds I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, we need it. I've only i I've only been doing it my whole life, you know, since
2: bull red you red and were
4: twelve we'll years mean. old. So, yeah. You know, so.
2: You've seen a lot, brother. You have seen a lot.
4: Yeah, yeah we've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of, lot of heartaches. We've also had a lot of fun, Mickey. We, well, we've, we've had a lot more though. good than bad. And I'll put it like that. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. If people it's only like knew it. how fishing was when we were young, when you go every day like we used to go every day when we were young, oh, it, yeah. it was incredible the things we saw. You know, we always bring it up with how how it was in the old days, but we I just wish we could relay what we've well, seen how do to other people.
2: <laughs> from what we do nowadays, <laughs> how do you not talk about the old days? I mean, that was just. Uh, god i wish oh, yeah. everybody could see that again that'd be awesome Yep. all right well, maybe brother. it'll be well, there. hey if right. somebody wants to call you about some hunts this winter and in this fall you know you got well you got bow season fixing to crank up too if somebody we got wants lots to call of things you. going
4: on we got room for people to do whatever they want to do just please call me at 713-703-6656 i'll try to answer if our phones are working
2: All right, Friar Mood. Hey, good talking to you, you, buddy. Y'all stay cool if that's possible. See you, man. Yeah, see you soon. (laughs) Later. All right. That's Captain Blaine Friar Mood down in deep south Texas. And phone lines are open for this final segment. We got Rick and uh, Dave hanging on, but uh, we got room for more. 713-572-4610. And Boyd's One Stop they're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse croakers, located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke at 227 Dyke Road. If you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. No better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system. Works great on tournament fish, too. So check them out firsthand there at the store. They have them on display or call Jason Cogburn for more info. At two eight one seven zero one eighty one zero seven, and when, while you're by Boyd's, check out all their wild caught guff shrimp, no farm raised at Boyd's. They're big nine, twelve, sixteen, eighteen, whatever counts you're looking for. They always have great availability and great price. And check out their Cajun Grill next door. Some good tasty product out of there. Go to Boyd's One dot com. Call them at four zero nine nine four five four thousand and one. And when you do, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you.
1: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. (sighs)
5: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?
6: Live from the Twin Peaks Studios,
0: Sports Radio Six Ten presents the Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
6: Got a little southern in my talk. little
0: of truck on
2: my highway, got a little boots my... Good morning, welcome back to the Sports Radio Six Ten Outdoor Show. Final segment on this uh, fun Sunday. All right, it's six forty one here in the Bayou City. First up, let's go to Rick. Rick, good morning. You're on the Outdoor Show.
6: Good morning, Captain Mickey. How are you today?
2: Oh, I couldn't be better. What's up with you, man?
6: Oh man, I'm just uh, I'm like I'm like you and Blaine. When's this weather gonna end? You know, I don't uh-huh. I don't want real bad cold weather, but that gum this yesterday was that just didn't make sense. You know, <laughs> I mean it's horrible.
2: First day of but fall, in the heat index in Houston yesterday was 105. I just, it's just yes, laughable.
6: I mean, hey, fine. it was hot. It was hot. You know, it's it's hard here. I don't know, I don't know how Blaine even works down there. I mean, I'm out in this stuff quite a bit, but
2: they I mean, work I, early and late.
6: It's the humidity or what? I don't. I mean, I'm just to the point I don't want to be out. Now there, we
2: but, are a little more humid up here. We have yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. higher humidity, but uh, still, one oh seven is one oh seven. It's hot.
6: I was going to talk about pigs and have galena's for a second. I was laughing at Lynn, and uh, or not laughing at him. I was like, just kind of made me think about some things. Right. You know, back back in the early seventies, uh, we, my brother and I, we had never really done anything in the hill or or West Texas, I'll call it. Right, and uh, you know that was foreign to us, but boy, we liked it. And uh, we had two thousand acre pasture that Dolph Briscoe owned, and it 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 was very remote, and uh, I mean like right, super remote, and uh, it, it gave us a map, and they showed us where the roads were and where the deer stands were. That's it. So we go out there with a couple of other guys, friends of mine on the lease. And, uh, you know, we we had three wheelers back then. We didn't have four wheelers. So I decided, you know, the time we got everything done and everything, heck, it was opening day. And, uh, you know, we were just goofy and stupid anyway. So I said, well, I'm gonna take that one all the way back there in the back. I said, so a couple of y'all can jump on this four-wheeler with me, and I'll drop y'all off, and then I'll go park, go up right. <laughs> Well, I've never even seen this deer stand. And, it's you know, it's good description, you know, four foot off the ground, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I get there, and I find this feeder. Or I find this deer stand. It's dark. I get in it. And, man, the sun comes, real rocky, the sun started coming up, and Cut the long story short, this thing was up on the edge of a cliff. And, and so when the sun coming out, I thought, well, where's the deer stand? I mean, the deer feeder. And it said it was right out in front of it. Well, heck, it was a hundred foot drop. <laughs> and <laughs> I looked down, that feeder was, a, I mean, bar, uh, horizontally, it was about 10 feet from me, but it was a hundred yards away.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I mean, it, it was crazy. And so I'm sitting Shooting there, I had bad. never, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd have to. And I thought, well, this ain't any good. This ain't no hunting here. And I was the first time I ever seen a javelina live one. And I, I, I looked down, I kept looking down over there and I, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, I don't even know how I'd get a gun out the wind and I ain't shoot that straight down. But anyway, there was a javelina down there and I was watching him and he was crunching on that corn. And he was laying down like a dog, you know, he had his, he had his hind legs kind of out to the side. And uh, so I'm watching and watching him, watching, and all of a sudden I saw something move down there. And I leaned a little further out and there was a rattlesnake down there, a big one. And he was crawling right for that javelina. And i'm watching i'm watching it's one of them moments i thought man i wished i had a really good camera this is going to be interesting and i thought a snake crawled across that have lena's legs and i thought either that have lena doesn't care or he don't know it and I'm watching watching all of a sudden that have swung around and grabbed that sucker and about the middle of him and just shaking him and squealing, and that snake was biting him, and it was a fight. Somebody gonna die. And man, the other halavelena in the area heard it, and they wanted a piece of that fight, so they come over. Man, and the next thing you know, the halavelena are fighting the snake, and that halavelena are fighting each other. It was a mess. Really. And uh, yeah, I mean, it it was crazy. They they were gonna eat that snake. That's a first
2: for and me. They were, never heard of that. I know, you know, feral hogs will eat snakes. They're good. They're good about uh, eating snakes and everything. I didn't know the javelina do it. That's
6: Well, that's the other thing know. that I was going to mention real quick. On one of my ranches, my boys were duck hunting, and I had a whole lot of that in River Bottom, and uh, they ran across a big sow's nest, I called it. And they come back duck hunting. I thought, where are they at? I mean, it's getting late. I was getting worried about them. And here they come. I've had these big boxes and racks on these four-wheelers. And it was pretty cold. And they pulled up, and they come running in the house. And they said, Dad, you come out here. Let me show you something. I go out there, and they had 13 piglets in that box.
2: <laughs> they would caught them. <laughs>
6: they chased them down. I said, do you realize... You that that mama pig would have killed you.
2: That sal would have torn and, uh, him up, man.
6: You better believe it. They still had the biblical cords on them.
2: <laughs>
6: so they said we're gonna take wow. them home. I said I don't know, boys. Well, yeah. cut the long story short. They they my my son's bird dog. He he twisted a gut, and they had to run him to back to Colleen to a vet, and. So now I'm stuck with these babies. So I put them in a igloo ice chest, and I was feeding them milk and baby food and all this. you know, trying to get them to eat by spoon, and I wound up bringing them home with me. Had them out in my shop for a week, and I had them in a uh, great big nanny, you know, nanny, put great big tree-moving buckets, you know, yeah. nanny-incher. They call them nannies and uh paddle them in there and it was we were in that 10 day freeze at christmas i don't know back in 06 07 and uh i called this man with a bunch of hogs all in this I said, hey i got 13 babies over here and i said uh they're about to drive me up the wall man i said they bite they you know they they, they got teeth and they, they bite the heck out of me i'm trying to feed them I said, I'll trade you these figs for, you know, a 30-pound, 40-pound hawk. Because he was, he was running them with dogs and catching them. Right. He said, okay, I'll take them. So, that night, I had a heat lamp on them. <laughs> I thought, man, I'm finally going to get rid of these babies. I just couldn't bring myself just to go dump them. And I thought, this is going to work out perfect because I've got, I'll put one of those, I'll put up that hog that he's bringing on in my, one of my dog kennels and uh that night it got down to i don't know about 22 degrees and the daggum power went out i didn't know it and i went out there the next morning and them suckers were frozen solid as a brick and they were about to size eat their each of them was about the size of brick wow and uh yeah they dead as the door All right.
2: Well, hey, man, I hate to cut you off, Rick. I'll to you i got two collars before the top. i got to get them, man.
6: Go get them. Thank
2: you. All right, later. All right, Dave, you're up next. Make it quick.
6: Hey,
4: Captain. Yeah, yeah, always shake your boots out because you may have a tarantula in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, not a tarantula, but a scorpion. But on the tarantulas, my dad, uh, he got one that got – Killed or paralyzed by a tarantula hawk, and he put it in a lunch bag because and somebody was stealing his lunch. He was a tool and die maker and a machinist, and he found out who was stealing his lunch. But I mean, you know, and then uh, other than that, hey, I, I, I got a new doctor, uh, and she is working with me with my left shoulder and my crushed ribs and everything, you know, from years ago, and I'm doing a whole lot better. And uh, I got my mama dog fixed because she's about 10 years old, and and that's about all I got to say,
2: all right, buddy. Have a good Sunday man yes,
4: sir. thank Later. you thank all right,
2: all right, next up is Scott Scott. Good morning. thanks for holding. Good morning. How you doing? Couldn't be better. What's up with you? uh well, I live out here in the
7: Demijohn John Island community, and people yeah. out here say you know a little bit about fishing, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I bought this house from this old um built by an old man
2: named Jimmy Cogsdale. You ever heard of him? You bought my Uncle Jimmy's old house? Uh, yes, yeah, sir. Is it the house on the hill or the one on the canal there? Uh, on the canal. Okay. Yeah. I remember when, uh, I was a little bitty kid when he built that house. Him and my dad and, uh, Uncle Tommy and a couple other guys helped Jimmy build that house. Well, it's still standing. It's been through a yeah. lot. It's, it's, it's built good. It's not going anywhere. It's been through a lot of storms, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it my has. wife and I and bought it. It's a small world.
7: It sure is. Yeah. We bought it two years ago, and we live down here full time now. We've steadily been restoring it. So, uh yeah, we really
2: enjoy it out here, though. The lifestyle's different oh. than being back in the city. Did uh, his uh, wife have all the downstairs all cleaned out? My Uncle Jimmy was a pack rat. He had tools and all kinds of stuff under there. It was just unbelievable. <laughs> you-
7: I find a few things tucked here and there and up in the, the rafters and so forth, but um a couple of people have owned it since I have, so it's been emptied out a couple of times, but uh, yeah, we have it kind of finished out the whole oh, living area good. downstairs workshop, yeah but uh, yeah, we did some really nice sunsets and sunrises out here and some good barbecues and yeah um,
2: he, uh, he used to have a lot of fish fries and barbecues there, and uh, he had uh, he used to have that he had a bigger house up on the hill. And that's what he would put all of us up in when we'd have a big weekend party down there at Demijohn. We'd all go and stay with him. And, uh, oh, yeah. that sounds like great fun. times down there. I remember when I was a little kid, uh, my mom and dad and, and all of us would go fishing. They'd fish bass drop and Christmas and chocolate and all that. And, uh, yep. they'd always go in two boats and always wanted to go with Uncle Jimmy. And, uh, he had an old, uh, I forget what kind of boat that was, but it had the, you know, the windshield across the front and the bow underneath, and I was a little kid, I'd lay under there and sleep <laughs> till they'd get to catching fish, and I'd pop out like Eddie Munster and start fishing with them. <laughs> those were the Sounds days, like all the kids, huh? Oh, the man, same those, way. Those, uh, those trout, would they were just jumping out of the water down there. There were so many millions of fish there. there were no big ones, you know, we called, they were all keepers, but, boy, there was a ton of them back then. Jeez.
7: Yeah, I caught everything you can imagine out here, off just off the dock. Just, I mean, everything from freshwater and saltwater. I even caught a triple tail uh, last summer, right? Which kind of blew my mind. I mean, we get carp and freshwater catfish and reds and
2: speckled trout. I mean, you name it, we've seen it all out here. But, um, yeah, that's a good area down that way. Have y'all have y'all seen any red tide inland up in there in the bayous or anything like that?
7: Yeah, my there's a lot of it. My wife was out here the other night with oh, a net, really? just scooping up dead fish just right off the edge of the dock. Just tons of them. mostly they're those large shad with little yeah. ducks on.
2: Them.
7: Uh-huh. A lot of those yeah, floating around dead. Yeah, yeah. How long do you think that stuff will last for?
2: Man, I don't know, bud. We need some need to change in weather and some maybe a little a little rain and fresh water and some cooler temperatures. I know. Man, I had some photos sent to me during the show today that will just blow your mind. I Is mean, that
7: all up in Della Coast or just the gals? No, I mean, it
2: looked like it was down below Freeport towards, uh you know, Matagorda Island and all that along the beach. I mean, they were some, I mean, I'm talking front-end loaders full of just scooping up dead fish-looking stuff. It, it's wow. bad. You know, I, I think a lot of guys have been playing it down. <laughs> From what I've been hearing, but uh you ain't playing down these photos I saw this morning. It's bad. it, it yeah. it'd be one thing if it was just bait fish, but I mean, it's everything. everything. Oh, yeah. It's it's nasty. No wonder Tip's Bait Camp closed up its sergeant. I bet the stench is unbelievable. Oh, I have
7: imagine. Well, I hope it stops pretty soon. That's one of my main pastimes
2: out here. Yeah, well, it sounds fishing. like it. Yeah. That's a good yeah, place. Well, good laid-back community yeah. over there. Demi-John Island.
7: Yes, yeah, it's off the, the charts. I mean, it's out here in the middle of nowhere. Right. We just stumbled upon it, so, <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Yeah,
2: if ever, you ever, everybody like
7: to come out. There's a lot out, of have
2: memories a... in my family made in that house you bought, so uh, enjoy it. I bet you,
7: yeah. Come out sometime if you want to revisit. Have, have a, oh, you bet. A barbecue I know right something.
2: where it's at. You bet, man. If I'm ever down that way, yeah. I'll slap you in. By. Take a peek. Don't be a stranger. (laughs) Okay, Scott. Thanks for the call, buddy. All right, man. Have a good one. Later. All right. All right, that's it. That's the final call of the day here on the Outdoor Show. I want to thank everybody for listening in, and uh, guess what? We'll be back next week, Thursday morning, bright and early at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a
1: thought hits you.